Life Audio. Welcome again to Truth Tribe with Doug Grothuis, where we seek the truth about the things that matter most through reason and evidence. Today, I'd like to read to you an essay I wrote a few years ago called Advice to Christian Apologists, Being Wise as Serpents and Innocent as Doves. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Jesus exhorted us to love God with all of our minds. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. The project of apologetics means explaining, commending, and defending the Christian worldview. And this is not limited to experts. Rather, it is the call of every Christian as a Christian. See Peter 3, 15 and 16. Arguing that Christianity is objectively true, compellingly rational, and existentially engaging over the whole of life under the Lordship of Christ, is essential and non-negotiable to Christian witness. Our salt and light must not be hidden under a basket, as Jesus said, Matthew five thirteen through 16 Every Christian is a witness to God's saving truth. But what kind of witness— do we demonstrate the reality of the gospel in word and in deed? Is our life an apologetic for the faith? Some excel at apologetics, and others do not. But all are called to be the best apologists they can be through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Truth. See, for example, John 14.17 and Acts 1.8. Christ followers are sent out by Jesus as sheep among wolves. Matthew 10.16 Because of this danger, Jesus instructed his followers to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Wise words and actions matter for our mission. We do not want to mislead or muddle the gospel. Nor do we want to disqualify ourselves from effective Christian witness by positioning ourselves unwisely. So what does it mean to be wise as well as innocent as a Christian apologist? On using the word apologist, the word apologist aptly describes one who makes a case for anything, including Christianity. For example, the writers of the Federalist Papers were giving an apology for American civil government to be a republic as opposed to a monarchy or some other form of civil government. However, the word apologist often connotes 
a biased presentation given for vested interests. The apologist is taken as a huckster, a propagandist, a spin doctor, a shady salesperson. Woe to the Christian who fits this description. More on this below. Since the word apologist is redundant for the Christian, and because it carries unneeded opposition, I suggest we use it sparingly, if at all, in our Christian witness. I don't usually refer to myself as an apologist, despite all the writing and speaking I have done on this topic for over 45 years. I prefer to be introduced as a Christian philosopher or just a philosopher, especially on secular radio programs or other secular programs. I have a PhD in philosophy from a secular school and teach the subject full-time at Denver Seminary, and I sometimes teach as an adjunct at local secular schools. I am also a Christian. Yes, I have written much on apologetics, including a major textbook called Christian Apologetics, and this term designates a particular field of study. However, none of my degrees are in apologetics, not that I am against such degrees. All of my degrees are in philosophy and are from secular schools. Thus, I do not advertise myself as an apologist, per se. Of course, some have received graduate degrees in apologetics. Good for them. Until recently, Denver Seminary offered such a degree, and I directed that program for 31 years. There is no reason to hide being an apologist. The Church does not usually recoil from this term, by and large although we still need to offer an apologetic for apologetics when the defense of the faith is demeaned or dismissed as rationalism or intellectualism. But the non-Christian world is suspicious of the world apologetics or apologist. Argue for Christian truth by all means, but avoid being stereotyped. What does being wise as a serpent mean, besides not stereotyping yourself as an apologist? Cunning for the kingdom. Apologists can be cunning and clever, but without sin. We can wisely insinuate Christian truth into unlikely places if we are enterprising, courageous, and ethical. This was Paul's aim. It has, quote, always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Unquote. Romans 15.20 Deception, however, must be avoided. Lying should not be a tool in the apologist's toolbox. We should emulate Jesus, who, quote, committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth, unquote. 1 Peter 2.22 Thus Peter tells us to rid ourselves of, quote, all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Unquote. 2 Peter 2.1 When writing to the Thessalonians, Paul assures them that, quote, our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. Unquote. 1 Thessalonians 2.3 English Standard Version. Previous quotes have been the New International Version. For example, Public lectures on apologetic themes should not use the bait-and-switch method found in advertising. 
A customer is lured in by one product only to find that selling another product was the real purpose of the advertisement. If this is morally questionable in business, and it should be, how much more should apologists shun this technique, which borders on lying? I was once guilty of this, if only indirectly. In 2009, I gave a talk at a local college called the Deniable Darwin, in which I challenged the sufficiency of natural selection to explain the bacterial flagellum, a molecular machine. Michael Behe has advanced this case in his book Darwin's Black Box. The room was packed and the talk went well. The ministry that sponsored the event told me they wanted a woman in their group to give a short testimony after my talk about her Christian conversion. I did not suggest the idea, but agreed to it. Not long after the event, I realized that her testimony had little to do with my talk, which was limited to an apologetic against Darwinism and an argument for a designer as a better explanation of this molecular machine called the bacterial flagellum. In other words, my lecture was a critique of naturalism and biology and a piece of natural theology, not a defense of the gospel per se. After all, not every apologetic event needs to be explicitly evangelistic. It can be pre-evangelistic, as the masterful apologist Francis Schaeffer put it. Some of the room may have felt that my talk was simply a setup for the Christian testimony. This was untrue, but it may have seemed that way. But if being wise as a serpent precludes deception, what does it include? In the early 1980s, a friend and I taught a class at the University of Oregon in a program that allowed non-faculty to teach four-credit courses if they were approved by a university professor. We knew the head of the sociology department, Dr. Ben Johnson, who signed on for us. Our subject was comparative worldviews. We used James W. Sarah's classic, The Universe Next Door, a basic worldview catalog, originally published in 1976 and now in a sixth edition. Each term, I would create a flyer advertising the course, and I would put it up all over campus, staple gun at the ready. This was before the Internet. My copy said that Evangelical and Orthodox Christianity would be compared with other worldviews such as naturalism, theism, pantheism, and more. My elder brother in teaching said, take out Evangelical and Orthodox and just put Christian. It will attract more people. He was wise as a serpent. I was not as wise at that time. Today, I believe I have grown in that grace. And simply putting Christian was not deceptive, nor was it a bait-and-switch technique. It was rather descriptively accurate. How might apologists be innocent as doves? The contrast between serpents and doves seems unbridgeable. The cunning are not innocent, are they? Jesus thinks otherwise. The message paraphrase of this text renders it, quote, Be as cunning as a snake, inoffensive as a dove. We should seek no advantage for a cause outside of godliness.
being innocent also pertains to what should not be known. As Paul wrote to the Romans, quote, I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil, unquote, Romans 16, 19. There are some things that apologists should not know, in some cases even about the worldviews and practices they attempt to refute. Jesus says to the church, quote, Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Unquote Revelation 2.24 Earlier in my career, I wrote much about the New Age movement. My research was extensive over several years, and I read some very unsavory material, but only for the sake of research. However, I tried to read only what was necessary for my apologetic against the New Age worldview, which involves pantheism, monism, reincarnation, channeling, and aspects of the occult, and for Christianity. When I studied particularly dark subjects, I prayed for protection, asked others for prayer, and read only what was necessary, which ended up being a lot. Further, I have studied very little about Satanism, since I had my hands full with other research and discerned no call to minister in that area beyond some very general critique and comments. I take seriously Paul's admonition, quote, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, unquote, Ephesians 5.11. Having been a philosopher, a social critic, and an apologist for the last 45 years, I could give much more advice. I have only highlighted the need for defenders of the faith to be wise but innocent witnesses to Jesus Christ and the gospel. Without these values, apologetic arguments, no matter how powerful, logically or evidentially, will sit unused and be ineffective. But when we pay heed to Jesus, our arguments will find their home in the hearts and minds of those who need his saving grace. Since apologetics is an integral part of discipling the nations, Christians must get the word out and take it to the streets, Matthew 28, 18-20. There is a place for apologetics conferences and for the edification of Christians. I speak at these events. Preaching to the choir is needed when the choir needs a reasonable foundation for faith and the apologetic skills for sharing the gospel wisely. Nevertheless, we should be on guard to not make apologetics a cottage industry for Christians only, in which apologists teach other apologists who will teach other apologists to other apologists ad infinitum. It was said of one academic apologist that his goal was to teach his students how to teach apologetics. That is part of the mission, but we must engage in apologetics with unbelievers as competently, confidently, compassionately, and creatively as possible. In order to encourage my students at Denver Seminary, I tell them of my apologetics endeavors with non-Christians. I also ask for their prayers to this end. As the Apostle James writes, quote, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James one twenty two. I hope these reflections on being a wise and godly apologist for the Christian worldview have been helpful to you. 
If so, you may want to share them with someone else. If you like what you've heard, would like to know more about my ministry, please go to douglasgrotheis.com. Truth Tribe is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.